The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me today, and that is, of course, we know who will be playing in the Super Bowl. Looks like we're going to have the Denver Broncos playing against the Seattle Seahawks. I'm sure that's not a real surprise to a lot of people, if I'm not mistaken. I think Vegas might even have called it right. Uh, I think those two who were playing at home had a little bit of home field advantage. And uh, certainly those of us who are fans of the game can, I mean, I don't know how I root for the Broncos, uh, but I have to say that I certainly uh, got my money's worth. Uh, it was, both of those games were, were great. They were great football games, uh, regardless of who you might have been uh, hoping that would win, who you might have been rooting for, where your loyalties lie. Uh, if they lie with the National Football League, I would say that when it's all said and done, the best two football teams at this time of year will be representing their conference, the AFC and the NFC, in the Super Bowl. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I'm not really excited about, uh, the again, the Broncos are going to be in the Super Bowl for, I don't know what time this is for them, but they've been there multiple times. Uh, one thing I am happy about, I'm happy about, I'm happy for Peyton Manning. I have to say that. I am truly happy for Peyton Manning. Uh, I think Peyton is uh, is a fine quarterback. I think he's a fine gentleman. I think he represents himself and the National Football League quite well. Um, I think that uh, if he wins this Super Bowl, it would be his last. I think he would ride off into the sunset. He would be content with the fact content with the fact that he and his brother share the same amount of Super Bowl wins. Um, I I think that's somewhat important to him. Although I don't think it's, you know, it's what it's all about as it relates to what he wants to do. I think he just wants to ride out, again, like Ray Lewis did, you know, ride out on top. You know, he deserves to do that. And I certainly think that's what could happen. I'm not going to say that's what's going to happen. We're going to wait for it next week. And, uh, of course, I've I've got kind of a special connection there. You, everybody there listening, probably knows that I spend my time in the city on the lake, Cleveland, and uh, the drive and the fumble, although it was decades ago, is still uh, fresh in my mind. Uh, I'm sure it'll be talked about again. Uh, it will continue to be talked about whenever the Broncos find themselves in a position to go to the Super Bowl and ultimately make it. And uh, perhaps maybe come out with a win. You know, I'm, I'm happy for John Elway. Uh, there are many times that 
for some reason or another, there are people that are in the industry and in other industries that feel as if great players don't make great coaches or great GMs. And I'm not sure that's the case. Uh, and, and John is, you know, somebody has to give him credit. And I'm giving it on my own show. I'm not listening to what the other people say. Uh, you know, here's a man that obviously ego had nothing to do with, with except the fact perhaps maybe his ego told him that you should go out and get the best quarterback available in the National Football League and possibly one of the greatest to ever play the game. If he's still available, uh, you should get him. There are people out there that still believe. I don't know if they believe it now. But they really were in awe that the fact that this team would let go of a young, healthy Tim Tebow and take a beat-up old man and Peyton Manning. And so uh, uh, I certainly, uh, when it happened, I can tell you this. I'm not going to say that I was the person that was happy uh, that they were getting rid of Tim Tebow. I'm not going to say I was happy about that. Uh, but certainly what I can say is that, of course, um, you know, it's a situation where if Peyton was healthy, there's no question. My only concern was if he was healthy enough to play. And I still, to this day, I am concerned when Peyton Manning is on the football field and he gets hit. That's, I'm, I'm concerned about that. Uh, is his, his resume, his body of work, his legacy more important than his life and his quality of life? I would think not. Uh, is it something that one would risk their quality of life for their legacy? Obviously, one would. But I think Peyton got enough medical information from a host of people. I don't think he relied on any one individual. I think he spent enough time and enough money to see several experts and to take that advice into consideration. And, of course, in, in doing that, he, he made a decision. And that decision was that he would go ahead and play pro football, that his, that his body was healthy enough that he, of course, could, could stand the opportunity to go out on the football field and be hit the way you get hit in the National Football League. Um, I'm, I'm, sure that, uh, I'm sure that you're aware of the fact that people get hurt. They have career-ending injuries. We saw a young man you know, in, in the San Francisco-Seattle game that was obviously hurt pretty bad. Um, you just never know. It only takes one hit, and I certainly hope that that doesn't happen to Peyton. I hope he's able to, I hope this is his last game, win or lose, I hope it's his last game. I don't want to see him go through an, another painstaking season just for the opportunity to, to perhaps maybe reach the ultimate goal is the Super Bowl, and, and maybe he, he doesn't accomplish that, and maybe he gets hurt. So I think he's, he's made it to, you know, to the granddaddy, beyond the granddaddy. This is the great, great granddaddy. The granddaddy of them all is, is the, of course, the Rose Bowl. This is the great, great granddaddy of them all. This is the Super Bowl. And so I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Peyton to do extremely well, for him to say he gave football everything that he had to give, and win or lose, for him to walk away from it. That, that's, what, that's what I would like for him to do. Um, for those of you out there that uh, perhaps maybe are just tuning in, you listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. If you'd like to give us a call, you can reach us at 888-346-9144. Again, you can reach us at 888-346-9144. I'm hoping to have a couple of people join me, of course. Uh, as you all are aware of the fact that if the Super Bowl is about to be played, then our live broadcasts handle your business. 
from the Super Bowl is about to be on the air. And we will be streaming live from New York City at Mist Harlem, uh, which is a venue in Harlem, New York. Looking forward to seeing a multitude of players out there, both current and those who have retired. And it's all about pre- preparation for that transition. Now, I'll tell you what, preparation for that transition, it certainly looks like uh, uh, Peyton has done that. Um, I believe uh, we're going to be talking to some folks about that transition, but, but Peyton is a great example. I think at about uh, 2.30, uh, we're going to have the impromptu guru, I suppose, to call in at, uh, well, I'm sorry, 1.30 Pacific Time and 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. So we'll be sure that we uh, have a chance to, to get to her uh, when she calls in. And uh, we're going to have some other guests uh, who are going to join us as well. I'd like to take time out just to thank Guy Troop, uh, who is the president and CEO of Troop 21. And uh, Troop 21 is a, uh, an organization that has been working with players for decades, uh, helping them in transition. And so much so that finally uh, the National Football League, the National Football League Players Association, uh, the Retired Pro Football Players Association, and many other associations that service players have got it. It's almost as if they've uh, um, had a, an awakening and, and actually heard these players who have been screaming for years uh, that they need some support, uh, that they hope that systems are in place. Uh, also, I uh, want to shout out to the uh, Gilchrist family, Cookie Gilchrist, a uh, former player who... Um, has a film out that we will be uh, premiering in New York. Uh, misunderst- misunderstood the Cookie Gilchrist story. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm supposed to have uh, a guest on, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to welcome, I believe, uh, Jill has called in somewhat earlier than uh, anticipated, and I think she's on hold, so I'm going to take her if she's on the line. Jill, are you there? I am, Ray. Thanks for having me. Okay. I think you must be in a different time zone because I don't want to think that I'm late, but <laughs> uh, I was anticipating your call at 2.30, but you're early, so I'm, I'm welcome. Uh, I welcome you to the show. Uh, I believe you are a little bit under the weather recovering from a football injury. Is that correct, Jill? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like to say it's a football injury, but it's a skiing injury, actually, a uh, lovely ACL, MCL, meniscus, all those things and gone and I tell you that injury you were just talking about I had to turn away from the TV because I hit way too close to home yeah and I and I would imagine you know Jill like you said it was a a ski accident that caused your injury but anybody who's been injured to see somebody else go through something similar it takes you back to that moment of time almost and you almost like feel that pain all over again so I'm I'm sure there was oh when you saw that and, and you probably as you said had to turn away from it. But, but that kind of leads into some of the things that, that I'd like to talk to you about is, 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 is things like that that happen to players. And many times they're aware of the fact that it could happen and they're supposed to be preparing for those things, but they're not always prepared for those things that abruptly end their professional careers and immediately accelerate the need for them to prepare themselves for life without without professional sports, which is life without an earning. And so they have to look for other ways to, to earn and provide for their families. And we got about two minutes, um, so I don't want us to get too far into it. 
and and have to stop and and go back. But but certainly, uh, you've been known to to work with athletes and to help them prepare for that transition. And I know you do a lot of things in the area of business communications and and helping people, um, you know, get their message out there in a way of such it's uh, it represents their brand. And uh, you're going to be at the Player Networking event again this year. Am I correct? Uh, you are. And we're we're looking forward to you. And you, of course, will be there as the impromptu guru. And uh, how about that elevator pitch here? Because we got about two minutes. Impromptu guru. People. You know, <laughs> perfect, Ray. Thank you. My company, Impromptu Guru, is really all about communication, and specifically for the player networking event and this audience of current players who are looking to prepare themselves for the future and former players who are opening businesses, foundation, nonprofits, are going out into the motivational speaking circuit. It's really all about communication strategy and messaging. So by being at the event, I hope to let all of the attendees know that a solid strategy and plan can really help elevate not only your business and your brand, but you too, because when you own a business, you are your brand and your confidence also communicates a lot to everyone that you meet. So to be able to be at the event, to have partnered with the player networking event, Troop 21 Associates, and everyone on the social media campaign, and to be part of the event, it's a really exciting opportunity for both me and my business. Okay, Joe, we got music. I'm going to have to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Jill Shufflebaum, she is the impromptu guru. We'll be right back. to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. 
The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. And what matters to me is I have the impromptu guru on the phone with me. She, of course, is Jill Shufflebaum. Uh, Jill, if I'm not mistaken, you also do some teaching at Arizona State University. Am I correct? I do. I have been teaching. I'm in my 10th year now teaching at Arizona State University, and I've taught a lot of different communication courses, but right now I do exclusively business communication courses. Okay, so uh, business communications courses. So if we would think about that, and we would think about athletes that are starting a business or who have a business uh, and uh, they would need your services, certainly when they think business communication, they should think of the impromptu guru. Am I correct? I would very much appreciate and like that. Yes, Ray, you are correct. Oh, uh, well, well, that's good. Well, let, let's just talk about a little bit about that in yeah. terms of uh, as it relates to uh, business communications and, 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 and athletes. What are, some yeah. of the, what are some of the challenges that you think that perhaps maybe al- a- athletes are faced with and unprepared for uh, as it relates to their business communication strategies? You know, when it comes down to it, when you are in a certain field for so long, whether that's athletics, whether it's politics, whether it's in pharmaceutical sales, whatever it may be, we get so used to being in one area and ensconced in that type of jargon, in that culture, in that atmosphere, that the transition out of that is sometimes difficult and we may still be thinking even though we're trying to start a business or do a separate venture we're still kind of tied to the way of thinking that we had when we were in a previous environment and so for athletes in particular the business communication strategy isn't to say well you know yes I was an athlete but that part of my life's over let's move into a different part the strategy in my opinion and what I help clients with should be hey this is a big part of who I was and who I still am. I learned so many skills in this area. I learned a lot of culture, of environment, of adapting, and take all the skills that were honed playing sports, and then transition those into whatever business environment they go into. If it's motivational speaking, you'd transition one way. If it's a nonprofit or a foundation, you'd go another. If it's a corporate entity, you know, there's many different ways to transition, but a lot of people think, okay, I'm done with, you know, I'm done with sports. My career here is over. Let's move on to something else, like closing one chapter and opening another, and that's not it. In a good book, the chapters all blend together. And the book that is your life, it is the same thing. So you don't want to forget what you've done. You want to actually take it, use it as a platform to catapult yourself to your next step. Well, you know, it's interesting, Jill, because I'm an athlete who I feel like this. I think that when you look at athletes in particular who strive to one day become professional athletes, probably early on in their life, they show a skill set 
and, and people try to say, okay, let's make that skill set specific to this uh, particular sport. And the next thing you know, you got a great athlete who's only playing one sport, but I think it's the combination of his talent or her talent across multiple sports that produces a great athlete, that they're well-rounded. And so I think what I hear from you is that same philosophy could be applied in business too is hey there are some good things that you that you accomplished in sport some of those intangibles and some maybe even tangible things that you can bring along with you that would would help support you being a well-rounded business person so is that because there are many people Jill that have been successful in life that they somehow they want to just get rid of their athletic experience and they think that it's, you know, it's, it's not the kind of badge or shield that you want to carry with you because there's too many negatives that are associated with sports. You don't feel that way. Am I correct? I do not feel that way. And here's the reason why. When I work with athletes and I get the pleasure of working with them, many of them in media and communication coaching while they're in the game and then helping them transition out of the game, you know, the skills that you learn, a lot of people will come out and be like, okay, well, I played sports for, you know, seven years. What do I have to show for in terms of the business world? Well, number one, you're coachable, and that is huge. You know, I always tell people, you never get into a game at a professional level without the help of a coach. You shouldn't be thinking about leaving the game without a professional coach either. It's just in a different field. And so as an athlete, that you are coachable means a whole lot of things that employers really look at. They want someone who is willing to be mentored, who is willing to listen, who is willing to work hard, who is willing to put in the time to get results. And as an athlete, that's what you've been doing your whole life. So you may not know how to get results in the business world right away, but you sure know how to work hard to deliver results with the right practice and the right coaching. And it's that type of skill set that when you're selling yourself to a business as a former athlete, you really need to be working on. You also have a lot of good experience working on teams, understanding team dynamics. Think about all the different egos and personalities you deal with in any type of team, sporting or in the business environment. Learning how to navigate a team environment is a skill. And a lot of people enter into the business world without having really practiced that. But when you're on the field, you can barely hear each other speaking over the noise of the crowd, yet you still find a way to communicate effectively and execute a play. That's a skill set that works on the field and in business. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, Peyton had a way of uh, making sure that I, I don't know if Peyton paid those people because the sound system has been extremely loud on the football field the past few weeks. And, and Omaha, Omaha is something that, <laughs> that we've heard enough of. But certainly let me say this. Uh, the message that is conveyed by a leader in the business world is very similar to a message of which is conveyed by the leader in a locker room. And that leader is a coach. And I, I appreciate the fact that you recognize that athletes are coachable and you found a way to to use that in, in your presentation to to show athletes that that they're coachable. What happens to athletes many times from my personal experience, is our environment looks the same. I mean, it's a locker room. Regardless of what team you play for, you're in a locker room. You may leave. I left Philadelphia and went to Cleveland. I was still a part of a, a locker room. And sometimes sitting down in a corporate office and that corporate environment just looks a little different and it's somewhat intimidating. I, I think I heard you say something about 
uh, you know, an, an athlete being a part of, of a team and working uh, amongst the team. Now, let's just think about being a new member of a team when you're in football. It's a little uncomfortable. So now let's let, let's 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 up the stakes a little bit more. A football player coming off the field, walking into a corporate environment. He's in a new locker room, doesn't look like his, and the plays to him are completely different. So where do you work with players as it relates to their confidence and their ability to know that you're coachable? And, and, and when do you start working with them on that aspect of it to say, hey, it's okay, it's a different environment, it's just look at it like a different locker room, and the language may be different, but, but it's just it's the same thing you were taught before, uh, but, y- you know, you, you're not going to be tackling, you're not going to be blocking, you may be selling, or you may be d- doing something else, you may be servicing, uh, but you're actually, the bottom line is, you're still being coached by a leader, and if you got a problem, you need to communicate with that coach, and that coach will learn or will teach you to speak their language. And you eventually will be successful if you apply the same work ethic that you did in football. Am I correct in saying that? And do you walk them through scenarios such as those? Yeah, you are correct. Let me give you a couple of analogies here. We, uh, you know, I, I liked your locker room analogy. And you, when you go into the locker room, at least the environment looks similar. But the thing that's different is the culture. The culture from one team to another is completely different. The plays, they may have some of the same facets in common, but when you learn new plays, you learn new names of plays, you learn the different uh, personalities and executors involved in making those plays happen, you're relearning something that you already know. It's just coming out in different words and in different situations with different players. When you go into business, you're having a change of culture and a change of environment. So that can be a shock for some people. But what is really important in terms of what you said before, giving that confidence level, it really, again, will come back to how you communicate. And communication, I can say it a million times, but it is everything. It's how you present yourself. It's how you walk. It's your nonverbals. It's your actions. It's the way you speak. It's the words that actually come out. It's how you interact with people. And for different uh, players, that transition means different things, and they adjust in different ways. So what I do when I work with people, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach by any means. It's let me get to know you, let me get to know your personality, let me get to know your strengths and your weaknesses, and then let's find a way for you to be the most confident you that you can be no matter what environment you step into. And one of the reasons I love working with athletes, you know, I'm a small-town girl from Kansas at heart, and you know this, Ray, and I've grown up around sports my entire life. I've played sports, and when I didn't get to the level I maybe wanted to get at, I picked up new sports. I did triathlon. I did Ironman. So I know what training and coaching is all about. And when it comes down to it, to me, the skills that athletes learn playing sports, whether you play as a little kid or as an adult, they will help you progress throughout your entire life. And athletes are such figures of influence. I know some people have an issue with the word role model, but whether they like it or not, athletes are figures of influence. You're portrayed on TV. You're seen by millions of people around the world. And people look at you as someone who they may choose to emulate. And that gives athletes such an amazing potential and capability to positively influence people in the world. Little kids, companies, families, people who may be struggling. 
And that's where my heart is when it's in sports, because I know the good that sports can bring to communities. And so to help players leave the field and go be successful in another environment gives me a lot of joy because I can see them as being figures of influence, not just on the field, but off the field as well. And Jim, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought right there about off the field, because we're going to have to take a break. I hear the music in my ears. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. Jill Shufferbaum, the impromptu guru, is with me, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. the show you listen to rail sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters i have on the phone with me today jill shufflebaum she is the impromptu guru and we of course are having a conversation about the upcoming 14th annual player networking event of which of course voice america will be back broadcasting live uh lamar campbell will be there helping me out uh lamar campbell former detroit lion uh, who's from the city of brotherly love, uh, went and attended that university called Wisconsin. I'll give them a little bit of credit because uh, they've been uh, doing pretty well in the Big Ten uh, the past few years. Uh, also going to have with us, uh, and Lamar's show here on Voice America is Life After the Game. Also going to have with me Lemont Williams outside the huddle. Uh, Lemont does a lot of work for us down in the Texans, uh, Houston Texans area and the Houston Rockets 
and uh, and a lot of college football as well. And now we're speaking with Gio, and, and Gio who has a message uh, for athletes as it pertains to uh, business communications in particular that I like, uh, that term of which we've been using throughout the show, uh, talking about individuals who perhaps maybe are set to go into business, uh, who are in business, or, or, or making that preparation uh, to go into business. But uh, figures of influence is something that I've heard uh, players identified as such. Uh, but again, I've always been the one that uh, the influence comes with the preparation. And if you're prepared to influence and, and willing to take that on, then that's where that role model kind of comes in. But when you talk about being in an environment whereas you've accomplished something in one area, and you may be an expert in that, but you're moving out of your field and your comfort level, uh, I'm just curious as to if you, let's just say the average person uh, who's working in corporate America and an athlete walks in um, with a little bravado, uh, you know, it, does he need to check his football ego at the door and come in with a different approach? I'd like to hear you talk about that a little bit. First day on the job, former retired, uh, former professional athlete, retired professional athlete coming into a new environment. And guess what? You're not, you know, you're not the big dog in this environment or somebody else. How do you coach them to become acclimated in an environment of which like we talked about before? They're not accustomed to being in that. How do they become a good team player there? Is, do they, should they seek out a mentor? Good questions, Ray. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are situational. And depending on the company and the job that you're going into, your ego may or may not be useful. And, you know, in terms of perceptions of athletes going into business, there are some stereotypes. There's no question about that, and I'd be lying if I said there weren't. But what I do know about athletes who have transitioned and businesses in general is whether you're a former athlete or not, if you walk in the door thinking like you own the place, acting like you own the place, and not being willing to listen to the people who have put in their dues before you, then no matter who you are, you're not going to be viewed in a positive light. And that is something that no matter who you are, you should be thinking about. But when it comes to athletes in particular, it's going to be a different type of transition because in many cases, it's going to be obvious that you are an athlete. If you're six foot seven, most people are going to probably ask, oh, did you play basketball? And that is just something that you've probably dealt with your whole life anyway. Going into a business environment is not going to be any different. However, your graciousness, your willingness to engage people in conversations can go a long way. And that's what I like to tell people. You know, you're going to be walking to an environment where you're not number one. You should absolutely, as you suggested, right, seek out a mentor or mentors and let people know that you are willing to listen. Make sure when you're asked to do something, you always follow through. And if you have questions, ask them, but always ask after you've done some preparation. So, for example, if you're, you know, you're in the football league and you are supposed to prepare before a game by reviewing about five new plays that the coach is going to implement, if you come to the next practice and you haven't reviewed those plays, what do you think is going to happen? There are going to be some repercussions. The same thing will happen in business except that it may hurt you even more because you're already starting off in a position where you haven't proven yourself. So on a team where you may have been around for years, 
you know, you slip up, you might be given a little grace. In terms of the business world, you slip up and it's costing the company a lot of money, the grace might not be there as readily as it was. And unlike when you're on the field, a lot of times in business, if a project comes around, it may come around once and you get a chance to shine then. Whereas on the field, you have a bad day at practice, you come back the next day and you make it work. So there's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, and and I certainly could appreciate all those things that you said, Jill, and, and, and I've experienced some of those uh, myself. And I will truly say that... Uh, I had a great mentor. Uh, I still have a couple of them that I continue to to work with, work under. I always like to say that because, um, you know, under their spirit of influence uh, to help me uh, in various ventures that I'm involved in, and and, and they want me to be successful. And I I think that's the thing about it. You know, just like in sports, when, when, when there are fans that are rooting for you. They want you to be successful because when, when you're successful, then they're happy because their team won, you know, and the team that they're rooting for, they, they've won. And so when you're successful in business, I think sometimes people forget that not every human being is selfish. Human beings sometimes sincerely want to see other people succeed because they it is some self-gratification in that gratification and just knowing that, you put time and effort into supporting one's career, and they were successful. And just to see them ride off into the horizon, and, and, and they are successful. I've done that here. Jeff Spinard here at World Talk Radio, we do business as Voice America, has allowed me to come in and, 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 and work with him to build this sports channel. And now again, Voice America is going to be back at the Super Bowl again, guys broadcasting live. Some guys who started out here, uh, had no broadcasting experience at all, and and some of them have gone on to be extremely successful. So I, I think that's one of those things that you mentioned that I think every one of the athletes who are preparing for transition should seek out a mentor, and perhaps maybe I believe Joe they might seek that mentor prior to going into business or being employed, uh, so that that person can just help them even prepare as they get ready to go for that first interview or if they sit down and they do the first evaluation of a business. So would you it agree is. Would you agree that that's the approach to take? Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I love most about being involved with a player networking event and that I hope and would like to see more current players taking advantage of is that get to meet people. Networking, it may be a buzzword, it may be overused, but however you want to picture it, just get to know people who are doing things that you might want to do and talk to them, engage them in conversation. What I've learned in growing my own business and in watching other people grow their businesses is people generally, not all of us, not all people are created equal. We know that. There's always some naysayers. There's going to be some jealousy and whatnot, but for the most part. People genuinely want to be helpful. People like to feel needed. And so if you go to someone and say, you know, hey, I really respect what you're doing with X. Would you be willing to sit down and, you know, have a cup of coffee with me or talk to me on Skype or give a phone call with me and just kind of talk about how you got to where you are? People are overwhelmingly in a position to want to help. And when they can, they're going to do it if they're asked nicely, if they are being proactive about it. 
And that's what, to me, this player networking event is all about. It's, yeah, great. You know, as a business owner, I'm going to get to interact with a lot of players who have left the league and who have transitioned successfully or who are looking to transition successfully. But it's also about talking to the guys who are in the league now and getting them to start thinking about what may have happen after. Like last year, I sat down, and I'll give him a shout-out now. He's with the Bengals, Orson Charles. You know, he was in his first year last year. He is finishing up his degree at Georgia in between seasons, and he has aspirations for starting a nonprofit. And we sat down, and we talked about this probably for about 45 minutes last year outside of one of the events. And it was really neat to see a guy currently in the league who is starting to already look for people who can help him meet his goals after he's done with football. And if more players could think that way proactively, I think you could create this really great community. And, heck, the PNE is in its 14th year, so it just keeps growing and growing. Well, Jill, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I've been blessed uh, to do this. Uh, I remember when I first started out and I was in Philadelphia, and, and I got the advice of a of a gentleman who was covering the Philadelphia Eagles by the name of Henry Clay. And Henry spent some time with me, and he suggested I call a lady here, Tacey Trump, who's my executive producer of my show, and she's just been a great asset. She's been, uh, you know, to have, you know, in my portfolio of, wow, I, I own this relationship with Tacey that has been so good to me, and and I just thank her for the opportunity. And then she walked me through it. She was a mentor for me here. She's been very successful here at Voice America, and, and I want to thank her uh, for that. But I'll tell you somebody else, and he doesn't even know it, but he sure as hell has been a great mentor to me. He's been extremely successful uh, in broadcast media. He's been uh, all over uh, this United States of America covering sports. He was a, a great friend uh, of a friend of ours that we shared in common. That was uh, Dave Dorson. And the Valley lost a great man when he lost Gil Tyree, but he's back with us today, and he's on the show. Gil, how you doing, man? Ray, I'm doing great. I just, first of all, I was listening to your program, and what a wonderful program. I mean, uh, you know, dealing with mentorship, and, and not only that, but the way we are today, I mean, you are living proof that the transition can be a successful one. But as you talked about earlier, what helped you was you listened you went out and you branded yourself and ultimately have put yourself in a position to succeed. We're seeing now in terms of what we're doing at the NFL Network, what ESPN's doing, what you know CBS is doing and what have you in, in terms of their sports network packages and how this thing is going to play out and how the SEC network is going to be set up. Ex-athletes are going to be put in positions where they have to transition from the game of broadcasting if they choose, but they're going to have to listen. I'm listening to your conversation. Orson Charles is a, is a classic example of someone. I covered Orson when Orson played at the University of Georgia, came out of, uh, out of high school in Tampa, was gifted from the get-go, okay, Ray, was gifted from the get-go, knew what he wanted to do, had a little off-the-field issue, but really took that and turned it into a positive but his parents did a great job, Coach Rick. The University of Georgia did a great job in preparing him, and ultimately he took that model to the pros. And you want to see that, and guys have to listen. It's, it's, at the end of the day, it comes down to the basics. It comes down to being able to speak. It becomes, it, it becomes also an issue whether you can write, whether you can communicate effectively. You know, a lot of it is, is appearance, but the, the majority of it, is the ability to communicate effectively. And, and I think the incident with Darius Sharper 
is going to set it back a little bit. And, and these guys have to know you can't take the lifestyle of the National Football League or NBA or Major League Baseball and think that's going to work and immediately be successful when you become a broadcaster. You have to eat some humble pie. And, and Gil, speak a little bit more about what happened with Darren and, and then add your, your perspective to it. Well, I, I think, you know, the one thing, and I've had a hand in, in, in helping a lot of guys. The, the one thing that, that I, have, I subscribe to is tough love, okay? And, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check you at the door. Okay, and I want to know, are you really serious about doing this or do you want to do it just because it looks easy and you can get on and express yourself and you, and you act like a fool? Okay, I mean, I was very, very, very disappointed in Richard Sherman on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a kid who has enormous ability, smart, I mean, gifted, can do it. But that one moment in time, you put yourself in a negative light. Okay, now... Everybody's going to say, yeah, we're going to rush to interview him. We're going to rush to interview him. He's a hot ticket right now. But here's my thing, and you and I have talked about this many times. What do you want your legacy to be? You know, it's easy to be, to get it right at the get-go and look good, and, and it looks good at the beginning, and it sizzles, and you're hot, and you're, you get 4 million of views on a, on a digital platform when you're at, uh, at, at Sporting News or, or, or what have you, or, or USA Today, you, you get a you get a, a great bump. But what is that going to translate down the road? Are you going to ultimately be someone who's going to be effective? Are, are you going to be a Tom Jackson? Are you going to last a long period of time? Are you going to be a Ray Ellis? Are you going to be a Gary Cobb? Are you going to be a guy who can sustain it over a period of time? And that's what these kids have to realize now. And, and you know, the thing that I get frustrated with is I hear, I hear so many guys on air. I see them on air, and they're so gifted, Ray, but they don't want to listen. Yeah, and I you think... And, and they want to cut corners, and, and, and I'm saying, okay, you were an athlete. You worked hard to, get, to become a great athlete. Why can't you apply that same work ethic to become a great broadcaster? And, Gil, you hit it there on the head. There's no doubt about it. I believe that that's one of the intangibles that players don't take into their corporate experience is that work ethic because mm-hmm. there's no, no doubt to, to reach that pinnacle of profession and to be as as good as they appear to be on the football field and they're challenged from time to time uh, if they would take that that same approach to i'm going to work as hard as i did on the field and off the field in my athletic you know path i'm going to make sure that i do that as I get ready for this transition. And I would say in the case of, uh, of Sherman, and I'm not going to make any excuses for, for Richard and, and what he said and even what he did and, and what he did on the field and then the interviews afterwards, uh, you know, there, there's really no excuse for that. I know when you catch a person right after the game, right, he, right, he, he's, he's right. probably his, his emotions are at their well, peak. Right. And so but therefore, you, know, you, 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 you hit it right on the head. But the reporter who's on the field, whether it's Aaron Andrews that's their responsibility. or Pam Oliver, is told by somebody in the truck, go and get the hottest thing right, right now. You're right. So you're, going to, so you're going to get that. I mean, we've seen that numerous times. I mean, you know, I remember a, a, an interview with Roy Williams at the University of North Carolina when they had just won the national championship. And he was asked the question, are you, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, when he was at the University of Kansas, was he going to? leave the University of Kansas to go to the University of North Carolina, and he uttered an expletive on the air. Yes. And, but again, 
you have somebody told, ask him the question, yes. and this is what you're going to get. And this is what the world saw, because we're now global now, Ray. I mean, yes. this thing is on many platforms. Yes. And this is what we get. And ultimately, it puts that person in a negative light. And then you have people like Pete Carroll. You have people, you know, um, uh, you know, as head coach at Stanford, uh, you know, David Shaw, apologizing for him and making excuses for his behavior. And I want to to keep everybody in 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 tow as they get ready for the Super Bowl. They don't want any problems, so they want to be nicey nice about it. But the bottom line is, he acted a fool, you know. And and these things, and he he knows better. Yes, he knows better. I had you know, I put it on my um, my Facebook page, and I got all sorts of different comments. Well, I had one comment. Well, he branded himself. Huh? What? Duh? Branding yourself. Well, that type of well, let me just say this. We have with us today uh, the impromptu guru, and that is Jill Sheffelbaum, and she uh, works with <laughs> players and, and tries to help them prepare themselves for those opportunities, and hopefully they're not, you know, opportunities that they stumble over. In this particular case, Jill, I'm sure you probably saw the interview where the young man obviously uh, didn't use his best discretion in terms of, you know, how he responded to his opportunity to, to be interviewed. Um, can he recover from that in your mind, Jill? Is is that uh, something uh, uh, that will it will be sustained and, and, and will not go away, and it will be uh, what people think about all the time when they think about Richard Sherman? Well, I, 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 think, I think he'll get over it. I, I mean, I think, but I, I will say this, that I think he's, and you, play, you played in this league. He's, he's, a marked man. he's a marked man in this league. Yes. You know what I'm saying? He's a marked man. And I think ultimately... Is going to have to is going to have to deal with that later on, you know, in terms of his career. But I think you hit it right on the head, you know. G- hey, Jill, are you still with yeah. us, Jill? Yeah, Jill. yeah, um, chime in on it. Yeah, so, pl- uh, please do chime in. Does he have a chance to recover, or is that his resume and it's out there as it is? No, he absolutely has a chance to recover, and you know, my question is: Is Aaron Andrews going to recover, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it may be hard for her to recover. She had, she had a great response. She had a, she had a great response. She did. I completely agree. It was, uh, you know, and she just followed the questioning, which is what, you know, an interviewer should do. But, you know, he, he definitely has a chance to recover. And later that night, after some of the emotions calmed down, he even admitted, you know, I got a bit emotional. And, you know, I, yeah, I was a bit excited. You know, when it comes to athletes and the media, especially when you're being interviewed right after a big game, and in his case, it was less than a minute after a huge, huge play. Your endorphins are going, your adrenaline's kicked up. You can't just ask an athlete to shut that off. Now, did he come out and really put himself out there? Of course he did. But if he owns up to it, if he doesn't try to make excuses for it and says, hey, this is what happened, yes, you know, here are the facts. This is what happened. Would I have maybe done it differently? Sure. You know, but that's what I was in the moment. And, you know, that's, that's what's going on. It doesn't have to brand him. It doesn't have to define him. And, yes, it's still the most trending topic right now on Facebook and Twitter and lots of social media. But it's something that's going to pass over. But, you know, it was just mentioned a minute ago, he made himself a marked man by well, doing it. I think, although for the individual, Mm, it may tarnish his brand a little bit, but I truly believe that the National Football League, they couldn't want for anything better than some of these things that athletes do. 
You can't script these in a production meeting. It's not going to happen. And when they do happen, you find you can believe they will use that in their promotional pieces in some some form of it to promote the Super Bowl. There's no way they won't take that. That's great content for some people. Would you not agree with that, Jill? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you say, you know, our network's looking for stuff like that, I think networks in general look for good sound bites. And good sound bites can mean a lot of different things. They can be positive or they can be negative because both positive and negative sound bites will get a lot of traffic, will get a lot of press, and will get a lot of publicity. You can be without any doubt that that interview is going to be played thousands, if not tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of times across all types of networks, newscasters, analysts, sports center, they're discussing, well, what effect is this going to have on the game, you know, or is there going to be trash talk between Denver and Seattle, and who's Richard Sherman going after next, and, you know, all that stuff is going to come, because anytime you put yourself out there, whether saying something positive, saying something negative, or in this case, just saying something flat out emotional and hype. You put yourself out there. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Jill, because our time is uh, running out. Uh, When you have a player like Richard Sherman, accomplished, um, obviously going to uh, go down, at least for this year, as one of the best uh, defensive backs in the league. In the last few years, he's been playing that way. How does that affect his his chances of attracting uh, a Fortune, you know, 500, Fortune 100 company that might want him as an employee? Do do they do they understand that the jersey has an effect on that human being, and that mm, that might not be the same person that you get in your office? Are they willing to take that chance and and to bring him in and interview him, or did he eliminate any chances of, you know, working for certain companies uh, based upon, again, his emotional outbursts? You know, it really depends on what his skill set And I hate to tell you, we got about a minute, Jill, to answer okay. that question. I mean, he has. He has education. He has a good degree. He graduated from an esteemed university. So, I don't think people are going to exclude him on one, that one outburst alone. However, I'm sure he would be asked, you know, how are you going to react in a stressful situation here? Is that emotional side going to come back out? Because if it is, we're not going to be able to afford that risk. And so that's what you open yourself up to in terms of, you know, criticism and possibly damaging your future. In the same vein, there's a ton of, ton of companies who are probably looking at that and saying, we can work with this. Let's channel this emotion. Let's channel this adrenaline and this energy and this passion and put it into something else. So it's very dependent on the company. Okay, Jill, I'm sorry, but I think that may be it, if I'm not mistaken. I hear the music. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.